morning, everybody. I'm so glad to see you all here. Um, I am, there's a light on, oh, it's a red light. Does that mean I'm not that one? Possibly. The light is red. Yeah, it's not green, it's red. So, okay, this is fine. This is fine. So uh, thank you all for being here this morning. Um, as some of you probably already know, our guest last week um, tested positive for COVID on Monday. I'm pretty sure she probably got it on the plane coming here. Um, and so uh, because uh, I know many of you are immune compromised and because my own husband is immune compromised, I've been being extremely careful this week. I don't have symptoms. I had some allergy stuff earlier in the week, which I sure wasn't COVID, but I've been um, very careful anyway and had several uh, tests, including a PCR test. But for one more day, until I'm completely day that many, what the CD says is enough days out to be away from anybody who had any symptoms, um, I'm gonna just keep my distance from you today. So, so glad that you're here. And in this time of cold and flu and, COVID and whatever else, I just encourage you to take really good care of yourselves. So what I'm talking about today is, um, or for the next three weeks, is sick wisdom. Um, actually, it's called sick. It's, it's, uh, it's an awkward uh, syllable to say in English because it sounds like sick, <laughs> but sicky. Um, it's a beautiful religion that is one of the newer, one of the newer ones. Um, it started in 1469 with Guru Nanak, who was a person who was born as a Hindu, lived in a small village, and from early childhood, his heart was sore from seeing the unhappiness, the division between people, the inequities all around him. And as a young man, a very young man, he began to offer a new vision for finding joy and purpose centered around daily practice. So here's the deal, guys. We talk about many, many different um, religious, uh, religious religions, religious texts, and religious practices. And what we do here is we find the oneness, the central truth on all of them is love and oneness. But here's how you know whether a religion works or not. It depends on whether you practice it or whether you just believe it. Believing does nothing in the world. Practicing the way of love is what affects the world. And this is what Guru Nanak um, started a community like so many people have done over the years, like Jesus did when he started inviting the disciples along with them and trying to teach them, no, 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 no. Act in love. Think in love. Speak in love. Act in love. This is what Guru Nanak did. And these spiritual practices are based are, are based around spiritual growth, personal responsibility, every single person taking responsibility for their own spiritual growth, ethical living, because as all of the great masters have said, you know, so first, you know what's right, just do it. <laughs> but you don't get extra kudos for just doing what's right. You have to take it deeper than that. Ethical living and selfless giving 
serving one another. And isn't that what Jesus said over and over? If you love me, feed my sheep. And they said, no, 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 but what are the rules? What are the regulations? Because I don't think you're following the right rules. And he said, if you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, read my lips. <laughs> feed my sheep. If you love God, you take care of humans because, and you take care of the planet and you take care of non-humans because in the belief that all is one, everything we do affects everything else. And so this is really beautiful. And I'm going to just read. This is the very first chapter of the Guru Granth Sahib. And it is a daily prayer that all of um, the Sikh followers are taught to pray. Ik Onkar. It simply means one God. That's the first mantra, the first prayer. One God. And um, the first component means ik. It's just the numeral of one. It's, it's just talking about the oneness of the world, the connectedness of reality, the intermingling of creator and creation. Not separate. The integration of all we know. The wholeness of all of our being. And the second component of ik ankar, ankar refers to a dynamic divine force that permeates every aspect of our world. If you consider it on a t an atomic level, if ev everything we know in our physical world is um, composed of atoms, and they are not differentiated from one another, they appear different, in the way that they organize themselves and that our eyes and our brains interpret them, but they are not different. There is one. So is this new? One God. One God. No, the central teaching, the central mantra of Judaism is the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. The Lord your God is one, not two. Not one plus a whole bunch. One. The central teaching of Islam, la ilaha illallah. There is no God but God, or more um, accurately translated, there is nothing but God. There is only God. In Hinduism, the Advaita Vedanta teaches non-dualism, the idea that all things, all things are ultimately one and the same. In Buddhism, a central tenet is oneness, that all living beings live in the same pot, share the same roots. What benefits one benefits all. What harms one harms all. If you love me, Jesus said, feed my sheep. Because when you feed my sheep, you are feeding me. When you go visit each other in prison, you are visiting me. When you take care of me, when, I am, when you take care of others, when they are sick, you are taking care of me. There is no difference. We are one. We are one. So I wanted to talk about sick wisdom partly because it's fairly new to me. It's a very fast-growing um, religion, but um, one of the things that's happened in the wake of 9-11 is that um, people who wear turbans, who are usually Sikhs, not Muslims, have been um, sort of roped in with Muslims and have been the victims of a lot of hate crimes in America, in the United States of America.
And so um, I've been reading a couple of books, two namely that are very, very helpful if you like reading stuff, is uh, Revolutionary Love by Valerie Kaur and The Light We Give by Simran, I'm gonna make this, Simran Jeet Singh, The Light We Give. He is a Sikh who grew up in San Antonio, Texas and practice his religion on a, in, a, in a very, very beautiful way and wants more people to know about it. So one of the things that Simran Jeep Singh says is that from the time um, after 9-11, what he hears over and over again is go home, go back where you came from. Well, there is no home for the Sikh religion. It started in the Punjab in India, but as recently as 1984, the Indian government carried out massacres against sick people. Because why? Because we're humans and we don't like people to say different f stuff from what we say. Same thing that, that is, happens all over the world. We don't like people who disagree with us and we're not willing to look deeper and find that there actually is no disagreement. There's no disagreement between Hinduism and Sikhi. There's no disagreement between Islam and Hinduism and Sikhi. A little disagreement on the rituals but no disagreement on the reality of it. So, oneness, we talk about that all the, all the time in here. So how do we practice oneness is the thing. We, but we say we believe in oneness, we repeat these words of oneness, we sing songs about oneness, we try to keep that oneness open uppermost in our minds, but how can we practice it? How can we practice it? I'm just gonna share a few things today and I would say number one way to practice it is curiosity and wonder. Now, wonder like awe is a great spiritual practice, but I'm talking about wonder as in, I wonder, I wonder about this person. I wonder about this activity. I wonder about those words. Rather than what we tend to do is, I assume I know exactly what that is because I've seen it before. I've seen what it wears. I know what it says. I know how it voted. That's all I need to know. What if we wonder? What if we use our curiosity? Valerie Kaur says this beautifully. She says, you are a part of me that I do not yet know. If we believe in oneness, that when we see someone who seems to be different in attitude, in dress, in politics, in whatever, who seems in sports teams that they support, even Eagles fans, y'all, you are a part of me that I do not yet know. Wonder is the wellspring for love. Who we wonder about determines whose stories we hear. Whose stories we hear, because we don't listen to the stories if we're not interested, right? So we wonder and then we hear the stories and whose joy and pain we share. Those we grieve with, those we sit and weep with are ultimately those we organize with and advocate for. When a critical mass of people come together to wonder about each other, grieve with one another, advocate and fight with and for one another, we begin to build the solidarity needed for collective liberation and transformation, a solidarity rooted in love. 
has a quote from Valerie Kaur from her book, Revolutionary Love, and that's what she's talking about all through the book. She happens to be a sick, but what she's talking about is using love as a means of revolution, which means completely transforming everything, and isn't that what we just said when we talked about our vision? A world where all humanity wakes up to the truth. You are me, and I am you, and there is no difference, and your pain is my pain and your joy is my joy, how can I help? How can I help? What if when we're going, when we're driving in traffic or we're walking through the grocery store, that is uppermost on our mind. Your pain is my pain, how can I help? Your joy is my joy. How can I breathe more joy? So that's a reframe. Start to use curiosity. Start to wonder about things instead of thinking we know. I think at the first of the year, I'm gonna go back and do Don Miguel Ruiz's Four Agreements again because it is always good to be reminded of those. They transform our lives and the assumptions that we make keep us from experiencing oneness with one another. But the wonder and the curiosity that we have, our willingness to open and ask questions actually helps us to know our oneness at a completely different level. And here's another reframe. You don't hear this talked about. about. Oneness starts within. It's not just about you saying you and I are one. It's about us beginning as individuals to stop separating off parts of ourselves as unacceptable. To stop going, oh, I hate that about me. And start going, I am a whole person and I have faults and I am willing to allow all of the love that is mine, which is all of the love in the whole wide world, to transform me from the inside out without having to reject any single part of myself. There is no other way, and we do not do the world or any other human being a favor by neglecting or mistreating ourselves. Yes, I am the choir I am preaching to. It's been a revelation to me to take this week when I wasn't really sick and just do nothing. Not try to take care of anybody, not try to organize everything, but to just sit and go, okay, I deserve a chance to heal if indeed there is something in me that is, might be getting sick. And if there's not, boy, do I need some rest. And I and take it. And I'm not good at that. I'm not good at that, but I'm willing to look at this. Oneness starts within. And this is a beautiful quote from Thomas Merton. There is a form of contemporary violence to which the idealist most easily succumbs. Activism and overwork. To allow oneself to be carried away by a multitude of conflicting concerns to surrender to too many demands, to commit oneself to too many projects, to want to help everyone in everything is to succumb to violence. Wow. Ouch. 
to try to help everyone and everyone, to think it's our job to do everything, is to succumb to violence. The frenzy of our activism neutralizes our work for peace. It destroys our inner capacity for peace. It destroys the fruitfulness of our own work because it kills the root of inner wisdom which makes work fruitful. Ow! That means if I go crazy trying to take care of you, I am not creating good in the world because I have lost my own peace. And if we are one, my giving my peace Trying to give my peace to someone else while denying it to myself does not increase the peace in the world. It just shoves it around a little bit. Kind of like the way Erin used to clean her room. Just shove things into corners so there's a clear path. Is the room clean? No, it is not. Poor Erin. But think about the ways that we do that. The ways that we do that and sometimes we do it because we want to appear to be good people while we try to figure out how to actually be that way <laughs> and it's not about good because we're all already good and so we take care of ourselves our inner peace we take care of our own needs and then we have something from which to care for other people and we are not just shoving good around, we are creating more. We are creating more peace by being peaceful and then sharing that peace. Another way to look at it is to, that we begin to tend our wounds. That's part of the oneness with ourselves. We tend our own wounds. We look at the places where we are in pain. And we can share that grief. And when we see others who are in pain, we can share their grief. And when we see others who are just mean as snakes, we can know that that always only comes from their wounding. Always, only comes from their wounding. You have somebody in your life that you love a lot and every once in a while they're just a jerk and you go, I know that you're hurting. And so you put up with it. Or <laughs> observe yourself and go, I know I don't feel good, that's why I'm being such a jerk. <laughs> and you kind of excuse yourself a little bit, maybe. This is true for every being on the planet. No one ever cuts anyone off in traffic or opens fire on a room full of children or anything in between because they have wounds that have been tended to, but because they have wounds that they feel are unsolvable. And so we begin to look around and see the wounds and help other people tend their wounds, but not until we have tended our own. We tend our own. And the beautiful thing is that as we tend our own wounds, we tend to draw to us other people whose wounds are similar so that we can heal together. That's what support groups are about to me. That's what 12-step groups are about. That's what... Any time that people come together with a common purpose, we are tending our wounds together and we're finding a new way together. And by doing so, we are creating more peace. We are not just shoving it around from one space in the room to another. 
Valerie Coor says, there's, I am persuaded there is no such thing as monsters in this world, only humans who are wounded. I start to gain critical information, gain critical information about how we can respond to greed, insecurity, anxiety, or blindness in ways that hold the perpetrators, including ourselves, accountable and fight the institutions that power them. But first, we have to tend the wound. Hurt people hurt people. Rabbi Yehuda Berg. Hurt people hurt people. That's the truth. So a reframe here, and this is really helpful within and without. What if we start categorizing things that we don't like or people that we don't like or aspects of ourselves that we don't like as our opponents rather than our enemies? Because an opponent is a temporary state. I'm only your opponent while we're playing the game. The moment the game's over, we're friends again, right? So the opposition is created by the game that we're playing, not by who we are. If I call you my enemy, I have said, you and I are not one. And so we can begin to stop enemying ourselves, stop saying I hate that about ourselves, and start saying, oh, I don't like it when I do that. How can I begin to understand where that comes from? Tend it, change it, hold myself accountable for my own behavior, and change it. And the same for the rest of the world. This is something that is in momentary, is momentarily an opponent to me. And as soon as the situation is figured out, the game is over, we are not enemies and we never were. And so, if we want others, other people in the world to awaken to the oneness that they are, we have to first awaken to the oneness that we are. Are you willing to start tending your own wounds, to stop making an enemy of yourself, regardless of what you do or how you feel on any given day? Can you begin to say, oh, this is a problem I want to overcome, not an aspect that I need to shut out or pretend isn't there or be per perpetrate violence against? We say, we see a world fully transformed through the spiritual awakening of all humanity to the one love that we are. So today, my practice is I awaken myself. I wake up to the one love that we are over and over and over and over again if necessary. And one last practice I'm going to give you. This will help with the waking up. Garbage in, garbage out. You've heard that. What are you taking in? What are you spending your time on? Because here's the other thing. Beauty in, beauty out. Kindness in, kindness out. Truth in, truth out. So what are you spending your time on? What are you allowing in? What are you choosing to open your door to, your inner door? And how can you choose something different? Beauty in, beauty out. Surround yourself to the best of your ability with your own thoughts of beauty and with anything that tends to nurture the beauty that is already within you. I'm going to leave you with one last quote. 
from Sinran Jeet Singh from The Light We Give. We may not be able to fix all the problems or make our world perfect, but we can help the people around us who are suffering. And through our efforts, we can change ourselves, striving every day to love a life of love and service. To love a life of love and service will ultimately make us kinder, calmer, and happier. We don't reject any part of ourselves. We wake up to the truth of who we are. And next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about selfless service and what that means. And the following week, we'll talk about gratitude, which is the best practice that I know to bring beauty in and send beauty out. Thank you so much for being here today. So let's just take a moment and take that, some of those ideas into meditation. If you will just get comfortable where you are. Just be here now. Mindfulness simply means there's no place else to be. There's nothing wrong. If we are already one, then whatever comes is meant. And so we simply breathe in. We allow ourselves to be fully here right now. <laughs> Nowhere else. And know that the beauty that is ours to take in is available to us at all times. It is as close as our own minds, or as the song said, nearer than my breathing, closer than hands and feet. say these words with me. I have all I need. I have all I need. All of the love that is in the one love that we talk about is in me in this moment. I don't have to go find it or get it from somewhere else. It is here. And so if I'm not feeling that love in this moment, I simply allow whatever comes up to come up. up feels like something I don't like, I don't want to identify, I don't want, I say, okay, I can play that game. That can be my opponent for this moment. My only job is to allow the love that I am to permeate that until the opposition in me or in another resolves itself and I am left with only the love. Mm -hmm.
the wisdom and presence of the one. So as I simply breathe that I'm okay, I'm all I ever needed because God is present in me now. Never went anywhere. Will never go anywhere else is here always. simply breathe and allow that love that's already in me to loosen up, to flow through every thought, every sensation, I allow it to melt away any idea unlike itself. I feel hurt in some part of my body or my mind, my psyche, my heart. I affirm to myself that that love is the antidote. And so I tend that wound lovingly. which will make me kind to all. And if you feel that wound healing or just loosening up the tiniest little bit, smile and allow that love to continue to flow. If you don't feel it yet, that's okay too. Love does its work when we call on love. We may see it unfold in time, but we can be sure it is already doing its work. so that you shine the truth of who you are. Right in this moment, right in this pew, right in this building. 
that as you leave here, you do shine. You are the light that is healing. Some place that is blocked from the light. otherwise because that is who you are. And again we say I have all that I need because I am one with the one love, one presence, one power, one peace, one joy. And I claim it in this moment. And so it is.